In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is revealed the mystery that is from all eternity. You hear that? You probably don't start listening until like five minutes into the homily. So. Just. Today is revealed the mystery that is from all eternity. The Son of God becomes the Son of Man. A mystery revealed from all eternity. Today we celebrate that event. So as we kind of contemplate this beautiful life of the virgin, we see that she grew up with her parents, Joachim and Anna, and then was given to God in the temple at three years old and lived in the temple for about 11 years. And she had to be, uh, she couldn't live there uh, as a virgin uh, continually, so she was betrothed then to Joseph, one of her kinsmen, uh, to take care of her. Joseph was an older man. His wife had passed, and he had children. And so Mary went to live with Joseph and Joseph's family for uh, when she was 15 years old. Um, it, the texts of her life uh, indicate that she spent most of her time prayerfully, uh, in, uh, quietly, uh, didn't go out, spent a lot of time uh, with Joseph and Joseph's family. By the way, you need to know Joseph's family was. Simon the Zealot was one of his children. James, the brother of the Lord, was one of his children. Jude, the author of the book of Jude, was one of his children. Joseph, Salome, one of the myrrh bearers, and Esther. So this is Joseph's family. So it gets pretty connected right here. James and Jude and Simon were great followers of Christ. And Salome was a myrrh bearer. So this is where the mother of God was kind of nurtured and grew up in this environment. And then she was visited by Gabriel and the announcement came to her, uh, you will bear a son and that conception will be of the Holy Spirit. You'll call his name Jesus, he will be the salvation of the world. So let's take a look at this event, I think from three perspectives. One the angel Gabriel, and two, that of Mary, and then three, our perspective. How do we see this? So first, the angel Gabriel. I think it's always interesting. Uh, the hymnody indicates that when Gabriel went to visit her, he was a bit perplexed, and you can imagine why. That he saw in this in this world, I would say, in the world, that there was trouble. Uh, and there was a very, uh, and so it, the question was, how was God going to solve the problem? Because there was a problem. God, man had exited paradise and was living away from God, away from the commandments of Christ. How was he going to solve the problem? So when Gabriel was told to go to announce to Mary that she would conceive and bear a son, and that son would be the son of God. 
how could this be? Gabriel was one of the seraphim, one of the great seraphim um, who sits around the throne of God and, and, and worships and serves the Lord and was given the, uh, the blessing to be an announcer, to announce to people uh, that of, of great tidings. So this was Gabriel's place. Um, so when he was to tell Mary that she was going to conceive and bear a son, the, the, uh, the awesomeness of this, the perplexity of this, I think it must have really been kind of uh, difficult for him uh, or kind of wondering a bit. So how, how then in his mind, the angel's mind, would the timeless one become intertimed? How would the uncontainable be contained? How would the king become a servant? How would the sustainer of all be fed from the breast of a virgin? How would the light enter the darkness? How would immortality take on mortality? How would God become a man? The hymnody is very beautiful in that. He says, uh, Gabriel, Gabriel was amazed. What shall I call you, favored one? Shall I call you heaven? Because in you is the sun of righteousness. Shall I call you paradise? For in you is a divine plant. What shall I call you? So I think here, uh, I want to encourage us to be like the angels to be amazed. You know, we take our faith, and I, this is, I'm confessing, we take our faith for granted. Let's put it this way. If Superman flew right into this place and landed right here and said, I'm with you forever. I've defeated all your enemies, and I'll take care of you the rest of your days and to eternity, would you be amazed? Well, that's what happened. That's what happened. Superman is here. And he should amaze us. We should be blown away all the time. God becomes man to take on our humanity, to raise it to a divine level. God becomes man and dies for us. God dies for us so that we be free from our sins and be able to live a holy and a good life, not only in this world, but in the world to come. We need to be amazed all the time. And that we have access to this God, and this God came and said, I want to dwell in you, in you. My favorite place in all the universe is in your heart in your heart. It's my favorite place to be. Are you amazed? We should be amazed all the time. All the time. The fact that God is intimately involved in every aspect of our life. Superman is here. The God-man is here. 
and is with us forever and ever. Let us chew in amazement on everything that God has done. He got you up this morning. He even got you to church. See, we need to be just always amazed at what God, who God is, what he's doing, what he's done, and what he will do. To encourage the disciples, he says, I, I've gone, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. What he's going to do, you already have a house in heaven. It's already set up. Furniture's there, everything's there. It's there to go. We should be amazed at this promise he's given to us. Amazement. It's a part of who we are as Christian people. Not mundane. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Have mercy on me, Lord. Yes, that's all good. But we need to be amazed at who he is. Grateful to the, in the, from the depth of our heart of all that he is and all that he does. Thankful in all things. Before the icon of Christ, we say, he fills all things with joy. Wow. How many things he fill with joy? All things. Oh, by the way, Superman came and said, and by the way, I'm going to fill all things with joy. Wow. We need to be amazed continually amazed at what, who God is and what he's done. Just like Gabriel. Gabriel stand, stood amazed before the virgin. So let us be amazed at what, what God has done for us. So Mary's response to this, um, it shows initially her humility and her her wonder, that, that simple innocence she had. How could this be? She knew something very special was going to happen in her life. There was no question that she knew something was going to happen, but that she was going to bear the Son of God. The Son of God was going to become, to, to be contained in her womb. This she did not know. And that, that in this humility, how could this be? How could this be? The angel says, don't worry, because the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. So you think about this, this, this moment, a, a teenage woman, a teenage woman, being told that not only the Son of God was going to be contained in her womb, but the Holy Spirit would come upon her. So we see this beautiful humility uh, in which she accepts this. But then these beautiful words that we all know and... Uh, Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to thy word. This beautiful obedience to the will of God. This beautiful obedience to the will of God. You know, this, growing up in, in the West, and especially in America, we sometimes, well, maybe many times, struggle with this idea of being obedient. You know, because what came over on the boat, as we used to say, was a, spirit, a great spirit of independence. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. 
That, is that how the, the Virgin Mary responded to the angel Gabriel? Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I think we have to get this idea that when, when we see that which is good and right before us and that God is speaking to us to do or gives us a circumstance we must live in, we must say, be it done to me. Be it done to me, Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. There's a beautiful line in the spiritual teachers that says, we need to learn to obey and take comfort in the perfect will of God. To do what? Obey and... Does the will of God comfort you? <laughs> we need to lean into that part of it, right? We, the will of God is the will of God. He brings it to us and we have to, we deal with it, okay? We should be able to say in humility, be it done to me, right? But we need to take comfort in it because why do we take comfort, even if something is difficult? Why should we take comfort in something that's difficult? Because God is with us. And maybe even more powerfully in that, that, that which is difficult. And that my relationship to God will grow deeply in this difficulty. I'm comforted by that fact. I'm comforted by the fact that the difficult times are rich and full of God's mercy. Thank you, Lord. Not, I think we've got to be very careful. Thanking God for the bad thing that happened. No way. Okay? We thank God that he's in us in this bad thing, right? That he can make, the, that he can make good the bad. Okay? But we don't, we're not masochists as Christians. Okay? Lord, thank you for this great suffering. No, thank you for being with me in this. Thank you for being with me in this. How we should respond. So we can take comfort in, in what God gives to us because he's with us, powerfully with us in these times. So from our perspective, from the angel's perspective, Mary's perspective, from our perspective, um, Divine Annunciation. Does God speak to you? Does God speak to you? Are you listening to God speaking to you? He does speak to you. And the key for us is that we need to be listening to God and ready to respond to what he says to us. To obey what he says to us. So today, I, I, I'd ask us each, because I think, especially when we come to church, what is he saying to you today? What's he saying to you right now? Is there something you need to act on? Is there something you need to do? Is there something that you need to do better? Is there someone in your life you need to reconcile with? God is always speaking to us. Most of the time, we're not listening. And sometimes when we listen, we just don't want to hear what he's saying. But today, I think we need to say to ourselves, Lord, is there something? that you are saying to me. 
something for me to do. Some way for me to be better. Some way for me to fill up my life in a more beautiful way. Some way for me to draw closer to you. What are you saying to me? And then we need to ask God to help us act on it. Because the pathway to hell is filled with good intentions. Not just good intentions. We need to have actions on our intentions. So today, Lord, help us hear you. Help us act on what you're telling us to do. And I would a little caveat here that if you have a question about what God is saying, ask somebody to help to confirm it. Confirm what he's saying. He's saying to give much money to the pastor's vacation fund. Don't worry about that one. That's straight from the throne of God. But other things, you be, be questioning, is this something the Lord is telling me? Get it confirmed. Don't just act on it without confirmation. But God speaks to us all the time, and we need to, we need to respond to what he says to us. So, through the prayers of the Archangel Gabriel, the Holy Mother, Lord Jesus Christ, our God, have mercy on us and save us. Amen.